This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, April 2nd, 2023. Palms and Passover, Persecution and Plan. Connection Church, here in the sanctuary, there at home, wherever you might be, on the road, wherever. Good day to be part of God's kingdom, isn't it? Yeah. So, it's Palm Sunday. Do you have a palm? Just rave them. Palm Sunday, celebration. It's, uh, I got mine right down here. Here's yours, Gary. Yeah. Woo. Can you imagine that entry into Jerusalem? Wow. Must have been some day, some day. So the season of Lent is nearly over. The season of uh, repentance, the season of fasting, the season of uh, uh, prayer, the season of recognizing our humanity, our mortality. It's over as we wind our way closer to the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This morning, we celebrate the triumphal victory, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and then we're going to travel with Jesus all the way to the cross. And so we're looking at palms and Passover, persecution, and a plan. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Morning. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for coming today. We're honored both online and here in our worship space. Anybody have a birthday today? I'm looking out there. Tomorrow? Yesterday? Don't want to miss anybody. Don't want to miss anybody. Somebody had a birthday this I morning. do want to recognize, though, <laughs> I bet you don't know this, our neighbors. Franny and Lori Totoro, 35 years married today. Congratulations. That's a big deal. Also, 20 years today when you came to Connection. So that's what your husband told me. Yeah. We're so glad you did. You, okay. Good. Good. We're so happy that everybody's here. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for bringing us here both online and in person. Thank you for celebrations. Thank you for carrying us through ups and downs and the in-betweens, for your grace that covers us, your mercy that holds us, your love that is unending. Now settle us in wherever we are. Remove any distractions. Help us receive this word, this uh, scriptural account of you um, on Palm Sunday headed to the cross. We give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So it's time for the Passover celebration in Scripture. One, one of the three festivals 
that the Jews celebrated each year. Three major, three festivals where if you were like in 15 miles of Jerusalem, you were supposed to head into town and be part of the party. Yeah, three of them. Passover celebrates how God passed over the homes of the Jewish people while they were taking, while, while, while he was taking the firstborn of the Egyptians. Firstborn children, firstborn of the livestock. That was a bad day. That was a bad day for the Egyptians. But that was God's way to finally the convince, huh? For the Hebrews. Or, yes. No, it was a okay. bad day for the Egyptians. They lost their firstborn. Oh, that's born. right. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. The, Thank the, you. The, 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 if, they, so, if they put the blood over the door, they were good. Right, if they didn't, right. they bad, bad shape for them. But, you know, it was God's way of finally convincing Pharaoh to let his people go. To let his people go. Finally giving the Hebrew slaves their freedom. Jesus and his disciples then are on the way to Jerusalem along with many, many, many other fa- others for this festival of the Passover. And so the Gospel of John that's found in the New Testament, the fourth book, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the accounts of Jesus' life and ministry. Um, we learn that along the way to Jerusalem, to the Passover celebration, Jesus and his disciples stopped in a town called Bethany. Bethany was where their dear friends lived, uh, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Now, Lazarus is the one who Jesus had just raised from the dead. He had been dead for four days, and he was alive now. There was a dinner given in Jesus' honor by Mary and Martha, and at that dinner, Mary poured a pint of pure nard that's very expensive perfume on Jesus's feet. And she wiped his feet with her hair. That sounds like really strange to us today, but that was the way that Mary could show how much she loved Jesus. Well, the house was filled. It was a pretty big dinner party, not only with people, but now there was a fragrance of this perfume. Mm. So Judas Iscariot, one of Jesus' disciples, same Judas Iscariot who later betrayed Jesus, he objected to this use of this expensive perfume, saying that it could have been sold and the money given to the poor. (laughs) Judas didn't care about the poor. (laughs) He was the treasurer for the group. He held the money bag, and he cared about himself. That's why he didn't want it done that way. Jesus told him to leave her alone. He then hinted at what uh, what was coming, saying that the Nord was intended to be saved for the day of his burial, Jesus' burial. The burial they didn't know about, but he knew was coming. He said, we'll always have the poor. He wasn't dismissing it as unimportant, but he's just a fact. We will always have the poor, but you'll not always have me, Jesus, in your midst. Well, the writer of this Gospel of John goes on to tell us that there was a large crowd. Anytime Jesus was somewhere, it was like the paparazzi. Everybody was there wanting to get near Jesus, be with Jesus. And in this case, they were not only there because Jesus was there, but because Lazarus was there. I mean, this guy, everybody knew the word spread fast. He was dead, and now he was alive. And so... Here we have this 
incredible crowd, not only Jesus, but the miracle of Lazarus's resurrection. And so we read from the 12th chapter of John. This is verses 12 through 19. This is the New International Version of Scripture. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival, that's the Passover festival, heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. And they took palm branches, and those branches weren't these skinny little things. I mean, these are like branches from a tree. They're really big, palm branches. And went out to meet him, and they were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. And, and then John quotes back to, uh, refers back to Zechariah in the Old Testament, Zechariah 9th chapter, 9th verse. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not, only, uh, did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified, in other words, only after he was uh, risen from the dead and ascended to heaven, after he was glorified, did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. I guess so. That's some pretty important stuff, isn't it? Wouldn't you be shouting it if you, some guy was four days dead and come out of the tomb? Wouldn't you shout that, share that with some people? Hey, whiz. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, see, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. So you've heard of the expression, it was a perfect storm. Well, that's what was happening here. We have Jesus and his disciples coming into town for the Passover festival, and that brought like a lot of people. Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead, so that was a big deal. There was this dinner party given in Jesus' honor, lots and lots of people were there, they had heard the news of Lazarus's rising and there was a serious buzz. So a lot of things were converging at the same time. Everybody wanted to see this miracle man, Jesus, and the other miracle of Lazarus. So all sorts of people, it was a loaded city, were at the entryway into Jerusalem Lining the streets, it was a parade of sorts with Jesus at the center. Mm. And he rides in on a donkey. And as I said before, this is from Zechariah. We, we saw way back, hundreds of years before, back in the, uh, in the, prophets, uh, the prophecy of Je Zechariah, ninth chapter, ninth verse. Here's what we read from that, from that uh, Old Testament. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you. This is hundreds of years before it happened, this prophecy. Can you imagine that? Hundreds of years looking into the future. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Wow. 
So the story of Jesus entering, Jeru Jesus entering Jerusalem was shared by all four writers of the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we get some additional information. They tell us that when they entered town, Jesus sent two disciples ahead and told those two that they would find a colt tied to a tree that no one had ever ridden. It was a, a virgin colt of sorts. And, and so they were to go and untie it and bring it back. If anybody asked them about what they were doing, I mean, can you imagine two guys just going and taking a colt that's tied to a tree? It's like they're stealing it. But what they were supposed to say is, the Lord needs it. That's what Jesus told them to say. So this whole thing didn't just happen. Jesus knew what was coming. Jesus had a plan for what was coming. And the Lord needs it was all that was needed to be said. Mm. Then we wonder why it had to be a donkey. Why a donkey? A lowly donkey. Donkeys had a very different value in that time and place. For, for us, a donkey is merely a, well, a beast of burden. It was true it was a beast of burden for them as well, but the donkey also had symbolic value. See, in times of war, kings... Kings would ride horses as a sign, as a symbol of triumphal victory. But in times of peace, the king would ride a donkey, showing uh, not so much his power, but his humble side, his peaceful side. Riding a donkey was a sign of peace. And so here we have Jesus riding into a town on a, into town on a donkey in all his glory, humbly shouting, to all who were watching, shouting without saying a word, the king is coming. The king is here. The, the prince of peace has arrived. Without saying a word, Jesus is letting everyone know that he is the king. Not boastfully, but humbly. Well in advance of what was going to happen later in the week, well in advance of, of his letting the religious and political leaders, letting them arrest him, letting them convict him, letting them ridicule and beat him, letting them, hit them hang him on a cross until he took his last breath. It was prior to all that. Prior to all that, Jesus lets all who are there know that the king is coming, the king is here, as he humbly rides into town on a donkey. And so after a busy week, Jesus and his disciples shared the Passover together, the Holy Communion meal that we know today. And just as he borrowed a donkey, they also shared this very precious meal in a borrowed room. We read in Luke chapter 22, verses 14, through 18, we read this. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. 
After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And so we take a break here. He, he, he eagerly desired to, 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 to um, uh, eat the Passover with them. And Jesus eagerly desires to share a holy communion with us. And we take a break in the service for that because there's a break in uh, the, the, the Palm Sunday activities because at this point, everything changes. At this point, the, the crowds aren't shouting anymore. It's just Jesus and the boys, and from here, it's going to be a whole different story than it was earlier in the week. If the servers would come, for, uh, come forward, please. And so we're going to take, take, take this break, take this time to, to share in this Last Supper ourselves, this Holy Communion. Uh, before we come to the table, though, we're going we're gonna to have a prayer of confession, opportunity to recognize our, our need for a Savior. We're going to recognize our own sinfulness. You know, sin separates us from God. Sin keeps us from getting all God intends to give us. And so we're called to confess. We're called to repent. We're called to seek God, God's help in finding a new direction. That's what repentance means. So we're going to take a couple of minutes. And you talk to God for you, and I'll talk to God for me. I'll start the prayer. And then just talk to God about that stuff in your life that's coming between you and asking God's help to move in a new direction. Let's pray. Most holy God, we come to you sinners, and yet you invite us to do this new ta this table. How unbelievable is that? But Lord, we seek your forgiveness. We seek that you would cleanse us. We seek that you would help us find a new direction. So please listen to our prayers as we talk to you about our sin. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for trading your life for ours. Thank you for what you did for us. We remember the prayer that you taught us to pray, the Lord's Prayer, as we share together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Holy Spirit, bless these gifts of bread and juice. May they be for us a means to your grace and opening to your love. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus took the bread, he broke it, he said, take, eat, this is my body given for you. 
Every time you eat of this, remember me. Afterwards, he took the cup. He raised it to his Father in heaven who blessed it. And then he gave it to his disciples by saying, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. I gave my life for you. Remember me. And so here at Connection Church, we want to say anybody that's here, whether it's your first time or your hundredth, thousandth time, whatever, you're welcome to come forward because this is God's meal. Don't think that you're not good enough. Don't think that you have things in your closet, skeletons in your closet, and you're, you know, I'm bad, I can't do it. That's why he came for us. So this is a symbol of his incredible love. So we'll invite you to come forward. Um, we've got Wendy and Bill, if you'll go over here, and Lorraine. Lorraine has gluten, uh, not gluten-free, just um, individually packaged uh, communion, if you'd like that. Paul's here with the gluten-free packages. And then we've got Sue and Jen and Marion. She has the individually packaged, and they have the bread and the juice. As you come forward, come with open hands, and you'll see... Um, the servers say, the body of Christ given for you, and they'll place that in the palm of your hand. Take that, dip that in the cup, and you'll hear the words, the blood of Christ given for you. And then you take that together. If you take the individual packs, you can just take it and go back to your seat and serve yourself. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Come as the Holy Spirit leads you. So during the meal, Jesus... Uh... He took the role of a servant, washing the feet of the disciples who were gathered with him for the last time before he was arrested. He told them that he came to serve, not be served. And he encouraged them to do the same. How, how ironic that Jesus would wash the feet of those gathered, not the other way around. How, how ironic that he would wash the feet of those who would betray him and those who would desert him. That's some serious unconditional love. Jesus tells us to go and do likewise. He's calling us to show our love of neighbor by serving them. Jesus told his disciples that one would betray him. And he identified that one as Judas. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered him, and Judas went out into the night. Jesus used this as a teachable moment and told the others that he would only be with them a little while longer. He gave them the command to love one another as he had loved them. Well, Peter, who was a disciple, Peter asked Jesus where he was going. <laughs> and Jesus told him he couldn't follow him. But Peter said, he wanted to, he wanted to, he wanted to. And Jesus said, no. And then Peter said, I'll lay my life down for you, Jesus. Oh, how easy it is to be bold when we're not threatened or when it's, when it's kind of easy, isn't it? How easy that is. Well, Jesus called Peter out. Because he told him that before the rooster crowed, Peter would deny even knowing 
him. I can't imagine how painful that was for Jesus to share that with Peter, but I can't imagine Peter hearing those words because he was so enthusiastic and so passionate for Jesus. How devastating. But there's a little bit of Peter in all of us. What are the ways that we deny our Christ, our Lord, with our words, our actions, even our inactions? It's easy to be bold when we're comfortable. <laughs> After supper, Jesus and the disciples went to the Mount of Olives to pray. Jesus went off to pray privately, taking Peter and James and John with him. He wanted, he needed their support. Matthew 26, 38-39 tells us this, Then Jesus said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Can you imagine the Son of God, the Savior, overwhelmed to the point of death? Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little bit further, he fell with his face to the ground. And he prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. And can you hear the anguish in his voice? Yet not as I will, but as you will. <laughs> Peter, James, and John couldn't even stay awake with him that night. Three times they fell asleep while he was praying. And while this was going on, Judas came and brought a crowd of soldiers armed with clubs and swords. They were sent by the religious leaders. They arrested Jesus. They brought him before the Sanhedrin, which is the Jewish Supreme Court. And they charged Jesus with blasphemy. You see, Jesus claimed to be God. You know, who do you say I am? Well, who? he was claiming to be God, son of God. And so that was just blasphemy for the Jews. And while all this was going on, out in the courtyard, the crowd is there. Remember, there's a lot of people around. And there was Peter among the crowd. And... People asked, hey, are you the one that was with that guy? Are you the one that was with Jesus? And Peter said, nope, not me. Three times. The rooster crowed. Peter remembered what Jesus said. Peter cried. Again, how often do you and I deny Jesus in a however it is that we do? either knowingly or even unknowingly, how often. And so Jesus was brought before Pilate, the Roman governor of the region. He, Pilate couldn't find fault with Jesus, but gave in to the overwhelming desires of the crowd. Pilate's wife had dreamed that, that they should have nothing to do with this innocent man, but the chief priests and elders kept pushing and pushing and pushing. There was a custom at Passover, and they would release one prisoner, one prisoner. They'd set him free. And the people had the choice of Jesus or Barabbas. 
Barabbas was imprisoned for killing a man during a, a political uprising. And the people chose Barabbas. When, people, when Pilate asked what to do with Jesus, the, 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 the people shouted, crucify him! When Pilate asked what crime he had committed, they, they shouted again, crucify him! That's all they could say. That's all they would say, crucify him. And so Pilate, Pilate symbolically washed his hands of this man's, this is innocent, innocent man's blood. People said, let his blood be on us and our children. And Pilate released Barabbas and, and had Jesus flogged and, and had him handed over to be crucified. Early in the week, the people shouted, had shouted, Hosanna, just, just one week before. And now they shout, crucify him. Things really change in a short period of time, don't they? Then Jesus was publicly humiliated by the soldiers. They spat on him. They mocked him. They beat him. He had to carry his own cross had to be agonizing, carrying your own cross to your final execution. The one who just a few days earlier was hailed as a hero was now being treated like a common criminal. The religious leaders mocked him and said, he saved others. You know, they're remembering Lazarus. They saved, he saved others. He can't even save himself. Can you just hear the tone? Crucifixion was one of the cruelest and most painful uh, ways to put someone to death. Nailed to a cross, it wasn't the loss of blood that killed the person, but, but the eventual suffocation that came from being unable to continue holding oneself up in a position, and so they basically collapsed on themselves, suffocated, and died. And so Jesus willingly, it was his choice. He had the power to do whatever he wanted. He willingly gave up his spirit and died on the cross that day, willingly, so that you and I might be saved, so that you and I might live, so that you and I might also have this eternal relationship with him. There was a rich man, his name was Joseph of Arimathea, and he had become a disciple of Jesus. And so he took Jesus' body and wrapped his body in clean linen cloths and placed Jesus' dead body in a new tomb and then a large rock was placed in front and the tomb was sealed. Hmm. It was a heck of a week, wasn't it? Heck of a week, starting with a parade of celebration and ending with an execution. It was all part of the plan. God's plan. Jesus' plan. His plan was to sacrifice himself for you and for me. His plan was to give his sinless life to pay the price 
for our sin-filled lives. His plan was to be the once and for all sacrifice that would pay the price that we can't pay. Pay the price for the sin we commit. Pay the price so that we might enjoy eternity with God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You know, when the, when, when the parade came to town on Palm Sunday, Jesus already knew what the rest of the week would bring. He knew what was coming. Palms and Passover, persecution, and a plan. He had a plan as he entered town that day, and he fulfilled that plan when he died on the cross. Savior with a plan for you, for me.
Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers. Thank you.